It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. How would you like to ramp up your club's game day atmosphere? Big Screen Video is giving 10 lucky sports clubs the chance to win a $10,000 grant towards their own digital scoreboard. Register now at iCanWin.com.au slash BSV. Kia ora, good morning and welcome into the show. This is SENZ Mornings with N Smith brought to you by Polaris. Polaris, New Zealand's number one selling side-by-side brand. Though you may have figured out by now, I'm no N Smith. I'm not the doyen. My name is Daniel McCarty and I'm thrilled to be the pretender this morning asked to fill these mighty shoes. But fear not, Logan is alongside and surely he will keep things on track. We certainly do hope. Of course, throughout the show, we would love to hear from you either on the phone on 0800 150 or you can text us on 8833. Go on, don't be shy, make yourself heard. Now, as far as what we will cover on the show today, well, in a word, lots. What a wonderful week of sport this has been and we'll continue to do so over the weekend and into our next week. And today we will not only break down the Super Rugby semi-finals with Sky Sport commentator Ken Laban later in the show, we will also have some giveaways at two degrees super rugby fan pack to be exact hey justin nelson drops by to drop the knowledge on our national basketball league the nbl might even pick his brain about the nba final series going on at the moment we talk hockey putting the white ball in cages is what the new zealanders want to do at the commonwealth games especially the women who set out to defend their crown you might remember fondly them thumping australia four years ago well it's a much changed side just four players i do believe remain from that darren smith is the interim Coach of the Black Six women's side, he is along to uh, discuss the squad that they announced yesterday. On top of that, we will have uh, the Greyhounds harness racing, stumped with Smithy, just without Smithy, and a whole lot more, including plenty of Test Cricket Chat, including with my better half and uh, co-host of uh, SENZ's sensational Saturday sports show, the Saturday session. I think his name is Grant Elliott. Uh, Not to mention BBC cricket commentator Henry Moran, who was not far away. Uh, there is a lot going on, so let's not waste a second. You are with SENZ, and the time is now, as he hurriedly tries to find the clock on this news system here. It's about four minutes after nine o'clock. Tonight, SCNZ will once again bring you live coverage of the Test Cricket Series between New Zealand and England, live and exclusive here on SCNZ. Our coverage from about 9 o'clock tonight. The second test coming to you from Nottingham, and this evening, New Zealand into the realm of must-win territory, down 1-0 in the series. They need to respond. Thankfully, this is a fourth three-match series, so New Zealand do still have a chance of turning their fortunes around. Uh... Against the side who, prior to the series, we must labour the point, had won one of their previous 17 test matches. New Zealand, over the previous uh, four or five years, have been very, very consistent. But the Black Caps have lost three of their five tests in 2022. Uh, one each against Bangladesh, South Africa and now England, who cruised home in the end by five wickets in the first test at Lords. That is a worrying trend for New Zealand, with a third of all losses since 2018 coming in these short five-plus months. So... Something needs to change, and I can conduct a bit of an autopsy before we welcome in our uh, special guest uh, to look at uh, match number two of the series. 
as I pick over the bones of the first loss to England just a few days ago. And there are some obvious areas New Zealand must consider and must remedy. The top order for a start at Lords, they won the toss and then proceeded to be one for one, two for two, three for seven, four for 12, five for 26, six for 36. Uh, a bit of a poor effort with the bat, you might say there, and that is an understatement, but credit to New Zealand. After that inadequate start, uh, they somehow got in a winning position, but they cannot afford a repeat. The talent is no doubt there. Have they got the right order, though, of their top four? Uh, and I'm sure there are a few Black Caps fans just starting to look at Kane Williamson and wonder, is everything okay? Uh, but despite their frailties, New Zealand, remember, reached stumps at the end of a hectic opening two days at 236 for four in their second innings. That was a lead of 227 with six wickets remaining. That had to be a winning position, but it wasn't as New Zealand handed the initiative back to England in startling quick time on that third day, or was it more of a case of England arresting it from New Zealand? That had to be a winning position, but it was not. New Zealand certainly capable of more, and our emboldened expectation of this team is we want more. Uh, we'll find out from 9 o'clock onwards when our coverage begins, and make sure you listen to all the action here on SCNZ. Well, that was a suitably myopic Kiwi point of view of the first test in the series. So let's get a far more well-rounded perspective from a fine cricketing mind, part of the BBC Test Match uh, special crew. Henry Moran is uh, kind enough to join us here on SENZ. And hopefully, uh, 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 Henry, welcome to the show. Are we getting you behind a mic uh, so you can speak to New Zealanders during the Test Match later tonight, our time? Good morning. Yes, I will be part of the team with SENZ. Very exciting. We've actually all got a house together here in Nottingham. And so we're all sort oh of bunkered in together and making sure that we all turn up in time, set our alarms for the right time in the morning and uh, and show up to Trent Bridge. And to be honest, it's the sort of day, actually, you don't need an alarm because we're going to be waking up early because it is really exciting because it just feels like this series, now that England have won the first game, it feels beautifully poised because we came into it from an England point of view with a little bit of trepidation, given that one win in 17, given the fact that there'd been such turmoil during the winter, captain changing, coach changing, so little expectation Getting that win from that position that you spoke about after that really difficult time of it after the second day, mm. it really was a surprise for England to be in the position that they were come that third, uh, that fourth day, I should say, and that final day and winning the Test match. It has really given life to this English summer already. Early stages, yes, but there's just a real sense of excitement around Nottingham and a real feeling that this could just be the start of the corner turning for this England Test side. I'm trying to get my head away from the fact of you elbowing Jeremy Coney out of the way at the fridge as he gets his quinoa out for breakfast or something, <laughs> as you're all sharing a house. But let, he, he'll want to focus on the game. I want to work backwards. The star of the of the show is Joe Root. That's a brilliant fourth innings knock. And yes, this begrudging New Zealand fan has to go, yeah, tip your cap, well played. I, I look at this single side, and it's reflected in their performances. One from 17 Henrys we've both touched on. Tells me there are serious holes and weaknesses in this lineup, but they do have world-class players and they needed to rise to the occasion. Uh, how, do, how do you judge that Joe Root innings now on reflection? It's the supreme innings, and he's been in supreme form for the last couple of years. If you compare him to the, the rest of the big four, if you like, in Steve Smith, Kane Williamson and Virat Kohli, Root in the last couple of years has been head and shoulders above the others in terms of test match runs. But England do have a problem in that if you look into 2021 and England's run scoring, 
England's third highest run scorer in Test cricket in 2021 after Joe Root and Rory Burns was extras because England do not score runs mm-hmm. in Test cricket apart from Joe Root. Rory Burns isn't in the side at the moment, it's got to be said. Were it not for that Root innings, England wouldn't have won that Test match. So uh, whatever cracks have been papered over by the fact that he played so supremely well, England need to remember that it only takes one good delivery from a New Zealand bowler or two in the match, if you like, or a couple of false shots from Joe Root, and the whole thing falls down from England's point of view. Others have to stand up. It's a young batting lineup. It's a vulnerable batting lineup. England need to find runs from elsewhere. Ben Stokes played an odd innings in the second innings uh, at Lords. He was charging down the track towards Colin de Grandhomme before he went off injured. And it just seemed a little bit sort of frantic and a little bit unusual from Stokes, who normally shows such control and calmness. And whether that's first game as captain nerves, who knows? But England need to know that Joe Root can't just always be relied on to get them out of trouble. Similarly, James Anderson and Stuart Broad, who were fine with the ball as well. So there is always that just little concern that England are relying on the old reliable figures but actually some of those new faces coming in have to ensure they pull their weight as well as Matthew Potts did with the ball but it's more the bat that's the problem I certainly lamented New Zealand's lack of runs in that top order probably reflected in the top three of England I I think combined Lees uh, Crawley Pope about 110 runs over the course of the test match that needs to be far more substantial but what's the talent like amongst those three it's good. Are they right it's high. To yeah. Well, they're scoring a lot of runs in domestic cricket. Lee's is an experienced cricketer. He's a, he's close to 30 years old. He's captain Durham. He's played for Yorkshire for a long time as well. So he's a good, solid county pro. He knows his game. He's a solid cricketer. The other two, they are slightly more mercurial talents. They're in their early 20s. They have all the ability in the world. The question, as so often we ask of young batters, is do they have the ability to show all of the promise that they have in terms of ball striking with growing an innings, building that innings, being gritty, tough, awkward to get out. The sort of innings, actually, that the likes of Kane Williamson, Joe Root, uh, Manus Labuschagne, if you like, really do well and actually act as quite unusual figures in the world of Test cricket in just really embracing playing those long innings. And actually... The finest partnership that we saw in that first test match was between uh, Blundell and Mitchell for New Zealand in ensuring that they put them in that fine position at the end of the second day. Really gritty innings. Yes, they can play the shots, but there's no good playing one glorious cover drive if you get out the next ball. England needs to find players that can hang around. Pope and Crawley have all the talent in the world, but that's all well and good. You need to stick around and score the big runs. Uh, The anatomy of that game... What is it about Test cricket in England? The twists and turns nearly every single Test. It's quite startling. You, you can't predict anything, it seems, when, when a Test match is booked for England. It, uh, certainly. And you, you'd be a brave person to book a ticket for the fourth day in recent times, certainly for English cricket, yes. because it just seems to be that wickets fall in clumps and you can be... Th- thinking you're sailing along serenely and then all of a sudden something happens. Three wickets fall in three balls as we saw in that game with the uh, with the over that Stuart Broad bowled uh, on that third morning. And things do shift. There's a couple of factors in play here. The conditions for one, certainly the overheads can shift very rapidly and so suddenly the ball that was doing nothing can start moving around a lot. And that ball itself, the Duke's ball, which isn't used anywhere else in the world, is a volatile thing. It can move around quite dramatically. It can really aid the bowlers, particularly early on 
in an innings and when you get that second new ball. So from a bowling side's point of view, you can feel like you're right out of the game, but suddenly things can change. And that was one of the messages from Brendan McCullum to the England side when things were looking awkward for them in that first test match. He said to them in the dressing room, we've heard this from Stuart Broad this week. He said, look, you can get the rest of the innings out for 50, 60 runs, all seven wickets, if you use that new ball correctly. It's exactly what happened. England turned the test match around. So things can change pretty quickly. And it's part of what makes test cricket in this part of the world so exciting is you just don't know what you're going to get one day to the next. Yeah, I'm sort of very confused as to how we should judge in its infancy the Brendan McCullum effect, the SENZ loanee, um, uh, as as I'm calling him. We've loaned him to Grimsby Town so he can work on his game and and come back and be a magnificent (laughs) breakfast host. But, but, but... Them. It's, it's too early to tell, isn't it? It is. And certainly in terms of results, I think it's too early to tell. But I think what is interesting is the mentality side of things. And two comments yeah. from two of England's senior pros in James Anderson and Stuart Broad, which really do tell a bit of a story. Because these are guys, in Anderson's case, he's been playing for 19 years. He's approaching 40 years old. He has been there and seen everything that the game has to offer. And he has spoken about how there is an energy, there is an excitement, there's a sense of a removal of the fear of failure that has come in the space of one test match. And that is huge for this England side. Stuart Broad described it as the most exciting week he's had as a test cricketer. And that can't be underestimated because this is a team that looked burdened by the fear of failure in that Ashes series down under. They looked like they were terrified to play a shot. And every time the wicket fell, it seemed to precipitate an entire collapse for the entire team. So just that shift in attitude, that shift in mentality, that freedom to fail, which England seemed to have uh, been able to find in their white ball game. And let's not forget, they followed New Zealand in white ball cricket thanks to that team led by Brendan McCullum, particularly in that 2015 World Cup. And that went through to their white ball game and they won the tournament in 2019. It seems to be filtering through to the red ball game almost immediately. And that is a huge change for this England side because they have players who have all the ability in the world, but it just seems to be that fear of failure that has held them back. It's something McCullum identified early on as soon as he arrived and immediately these experienced pros are talking about how there's just a complete sea change in terms of what it's like to be an England Test cricketer. BBC and SENZ cricket commentator Henry Moran is with us. He's doing an outstanding job. He does get one black mark for mentioning 2019 because everyone knows in New Zealand that <laughs> never happened. Uh, your, your, your honest reflection on New Zealand's performance in that first test. We've had a good look at England. Was it a, a game of a massive missed opportunity as I've certainly positioned? Yeah, I think it was. But given the position on that second evening and the way that partnership between Mitchell and Blundell built and put the pressure on England, they will look at it as a game they should never have lost. But there are a couple of caveats in all of this, particularly when you look at the Indian Premier League and the fact that the likes of Trent Bolt had to come in and four days after playing in an IPL final, were bowling in a test match at Lords. Different conditions, different format. It's very challenging to do that. You look as well at Colin de Grandhomme, who had that horrible day where he was out, run out, not necessarily concentrating as well as he might have done for that first ball. He then overstepped to get rid of Ben Stokes. He got another opportunity, then went off injured. So when they needed to control New Zealand with that England run chase, de Grandhomme was off the field. So there is that factor that perhaps is significant. And you also have to look at the fact that a touring side coming to England need as much warm-up opportunities as they can get two days of the match that was played at Hove 
in the out of two warm-up games was washed out and so that caused problems as well for New Zealand so there are certainly a couple of uh, uh, mitigating factors perhaps and this game that we're going to see at Trent Bridge over the next five days or four days or three days however long we get is going to be a much better indication I think of where this New Zealand side are but certainly I think there's just a little bit of a sense perhaps that they aren't quite as feared as they were at the start of this tour New Zealand because England have seen some vulnerabilities in that batting. Henry Nichols returns to bolster that middle order. That will push likely uh, Daryl Mitchell down, Blundell down, De Gronholm we know is ruled out. The, the only question for New Zealand's makeup is uh, do they go with a specialist spinner who they use for all of two overs in the first test? Well. Uh, my gut mind are telling me no, they won't. So what are conditions like to be like? It's a very Austin Powers like yeah, well, sentence, wasn't it? <laughs> well, well, behave. Well, we, we expect, probably, realistically, we expect Neil Wagner to play in this match and Patel to come out. He bowled two overs in that game at Lords. It felt like, in some ways, he was wasted as a selection. And Wagner is a bowler that England don't like facing because some of England's batters don't like the short ball. That is what he does. He digs that awkward length in at the chest, could cause problems in a way that really no other bowler can in test cricket. And having had a little look at the pitch today, there is some live grass on it. We expect there's going to be a little bit of zip and a bit of extra bounce. The really interesting decision is going to come at 10.30 tomorrow morning local time. So half an hour into our coverage you're here on SENZ when we know what happens at the toss. Are they going to be bold? Whoever wins that toss, are they going to say, yep, do you know what? We're going to have a bowl first. That is what has happened in every single first-class match played at this venue this summer so far. Or do you take that horrible chance and think, I'm going to have a bat first because, you know, that's what we do in England. You bat first when you win the toss and you try and get runs on the board. So that's going to be really interesting. You'd be a brave captain to bowl first, but it could just be a masterstroke if you get it right. Right, uh, and spill the beans on the real life Nottingham. Uh, you, your roommates, who who hogs the mirror, who hogs the television, uh, who's the scorer, oh, well, it, uh, who's well behaved, oh, who, who's late to bed. <laughs> well, you know that Jeremy Coney. He's up first thing in the morning. There's at least an hour and a yep. half of yoga, team yoga between everybody, just to make sure that we're all completely fighting fit, absolutely ready for action. Daniel Norcross. Well, he yeah, well, he's a little bit of a snorer. He can cause a little bit of havoc, so he provides earplugs for everyone, which is very helpful of him. And Adam Collins, well, he's always making a podcast somewhere, so I'm not actually sure he sleeps. So we'll have to wait and see whether he even needs a bedroom. But we're all in a house together. It's good fun. And as always, the, the thing is, the thing about people that love the game of cricket, particularly test cricket, is even when we're not anywhere near the ground, what are we talking about as we sit around having dinner? We're discussing bowling plans, discussing toss outcomes yep. and batting averages. It's just the way of it. You get you get absolutely completely taken over by it. And we are just so excited as a team. We cannot wait for tomorrow. Cricketing nerds living with cricketing nerds. Uh, use your imagination, listener. Uh, use your imagination. Um, what, what, what's the outlook weather-wise for at least three days? I, I'm pretty confident we'll get to day three. We should do. Yeah, it's looking good, actually. And overhead, we're only just seeing the sunset now, actually, just looking outside because we've got almost midsummer here, so the sun doesn't set until around 10 in the evening. So it's almost still light, and we're looking pretty set fair for the rest of this uh, this week, certainly. We're expecting conditions to be good. It's a little bit chilly. It's not quite the sort of warm, hazy day at, at uh, Trent Bridge that Jimmy Anderson and Stuart Broad have made the most of in years gone by, but I think it's going to be set fair. What will be interesting is if there's any of that low cloud cover that can sometimes roll in in, uh, in Nottingham and that can really force the issue when it comes to the toss and possibly just make a captain think I'm going to take a chance and have a bowl first. That's what we're looking out for in the morning. That's what we'll have to wait and see.
Henry, thanks so much for your time and your generosity. Can't wait to hear you you and your roommates call New Zealand home in the second <laughs> test. Thanks so much. <laughs> Anytime at all. Good to speak to you. Henry Moran, uh, BBC Test Match uh, Special Commentator. And, of course, with us here on SENZ Live, exclusive coverage of the second test from Nottingham from 9 o'clock. Our coverage starts at 9 o'clock. We'll count down to the toss at 9.30 and then uh, rip into ball-by-ball coverage from 10 o'clock. So I've identified two carry areas. Well, it's the top-order runs. It's the currency of cricket. First innings runs, ideally. So a uh, bigger effort needed by New Zealand's batsmen, one through four in the particular. And just... Uh, Showing a little bit more ruthlessness when you're on top, making sure they hammer home that advantage. Probably less concerned with the bowling department. New Zealand were excellent in that first innings now, weren't they, with not a a big total to defend. Uh, All the bowlers picking up wickets in that first innings. Even in the second innings, they had England teetering at 69 for four before Joe Root with that sensational fourth innings 100. And with help from Stokes and folks, uh, saw England home uh, in the end rather easily. Uh, But what was clear from the bowling effort, um, do they know... What to do with spinner Ajaz Patel? Very odd to carry a specialist spinner and use him for just two overs. Come on down, Neil Wagner. Am I right in thinking that? Love to hear from you, uh, SNZ listeners, on either 0800-150-811 or double eight double three. Is it simply Wagner for Patel? Is that the lone forced, uh, sorry, unforced change that you will make? Of course, Henry Nichols is fit again, and he will like slide back in at number five replacing Colin de Gronholm. Uh, if you care to disagree or agree, let us know. Best opportunity to do that right this very moment. Can't wait for that uh, coverage. Can't wait to hear Henry and the team uh, call that second test. Uh, our coverage, I'll repeat, from 9 o'clock tonight. Uh, you are with SEN. This is uh, Mornings with Ian Smith. No Smithy today. Daniel McCarty in the chair for him. We will take a short break. Be back with uh, plenty more. Stay with us here on SENZ. Thank you, New Zealand, for making Polaris New Zealand's number one selling side-by-side brand. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. The only slight issue is there is no Ian Smith today. Uh, He's ready himself for a big weekend of Super Rugby playoff action, no doubt. My name is Daniel McCarty. I'm in the chair for Smithy today, and I'd love to chat to you throughout the duration of this program. Uh, the lines are always open. I invite you to join us, 0800-150-811. You can text us on double eight double three. Our sporting cup has certainly run over this weekend now, doesn't it? Uh, there's so much going on, and we've started off the, by, uh, the show by having a quick look at tonight's uh, second test between New Zealand and England. Our coverage here on SENZ starting from 9pm. Henry Moran was uh, with us to preview that. You'll hear his dulcet tones and others from 9 o'clock. Uh, tonight, uh, New Zealand's changes. We know Henry Nichols is coming back into the line-out, probably uh, the expense of the now-injured uh, Colin de Gronholm. Question is, Ajaz Patel for, for Neil Wagner. Is there any debate to this? Uh, I, I I think in an ideal world, you'd play a spinner, uh, but it does seem, uh, New Zealand, to seem very uneasy, or maybe the leadership, um, uneasy about how do they best utilise Ajaz Patel in two overs from a specialist bowler in a test match. Um, simply just not the production you need. So a change has to be made there, you would think. Um, Reese um, uh, writes into double eight double three. One hundred percent, get Wagner into the attack. Uh, keep your comments coming in on double eight double three, um, and they're never far from mind. I, I know you've just removed it off the screen um, because we're not really talking about it, Logan. But someone wants Cameron George removed from the Warriors. He's the worst CEO in the history of the club, apparently. Uh, that's 
He's and, building a juggernaut. He's building a, big... a juggernaut. It takes a, it takes a long time to build a juggernaut. I don't know how long it takes to build a juggernaut, but a juggernaut is coming. That's uh, what they told us three or four years ago. And he's described it as a circus, this texter. See, that's unfair to circuses or circi. So circuses oh are for the family. They're entertaining. You go to the circus and you, you get enjoyment out of a circus, right? Go to the, watching a Warriors game right now is like watching The Shining. On repeat. It's just a slowed descent into madness, isn't it? The one thing... So, le- so, so uh, sorry, unnamed texter, leave the circus out of it. Leave the circus out of it. <laughs> the one thing we kept hearing yesterday, uh, Daniel, is with State of Origin had, had been on the night before, people were calling us, text, texting us saying, wow, this is how rugby league is meant to be played? And, and it's kind of spurred their love back for the game. So come Sunday night against uh, Cronulla... The era of Stacey Jones begins. It'll be interesting to see what yeah, we see. Yeah, I hope it goes well. Yeah, I hope it goes well for him. I just hope it goes well for that team, mainly due to the fans who have just got so much sympathy for her, who stick at it. Yeah, unfortunately, the NRL, you can't cherry-pick the best players from a state, dump them into your NRL side and go, there you go, win everything. Well, not if you're the Warriors anyway. Uh, that is uh, st- that's all ahead of us. The lines are always open here. 0800 150 811. Yeah, leave the circuses alone. I think The Shining is a far, far more apt description of what Warriors fans are enduring right now. You, you may want to tell me otherwise, 0800 150 811. We'll keep, keep those text messages coming in to 8833. We'll get to the news in just a moment. Justin Nelson to talk some basketball with us, the New Zealand NBL. I'll ask him about the NBA pl- uh, final series as well between the Celtics and the Golden State Warriors. I've got to do that. We'll talk hockey in the next hour. The uh, Black Sticks uh, women's uh, side has uh, been announced for the Commonwealth Games. We've got a great panel lined up for you also in the next hour, but uh, we want uh, you to contribute throughout the show. 0800 150 811 or text double eight double three. We will be back very shortly because I think it is time to go to Ottawa for the news. Oh, fantastic. Take me back to the 90s and bad, well, I think, what, teenage angle television programs. That's hang time, wasn't it? Hang time? Didn't that star former NFL great and arguably my favourite name in all of sports history, Dick Butkus? Pretty sure he was in that. Yeah, and uh, Daniel Anderson, who's gone on to have a very good career as an actor. I think he'd be about the only one that did. What a name that is. What a name. Uh, we've got a name of basketball, an esteemed name of basketball right now. Let's uh, talk some hoops uh, home and abroad. Uh, the real focus is um, on the home game right now. We're right in the midst of a, another fine topsy turvy, very interesting National Basketball League, the Sales National uh, Basketball League. And we are delighted to welcome in Mr. Justin Nelson, basketball commentator extraordinaire. That's what he told me to say anyway. Good morning, mate. <laughs> Uh, very good morning. I'm just wondering what I got myself into. I felt like surfing there for a minute. Incredible. Surfing? Yeah, Were you just, surfing? The, just the music coming oh, back. Oh, the song. Music coming back, the Hang 10. Yeah, it was all on. Take me back to the 90s. Bring back, did, did that bring you, back to, bring you back to great days, the 90s? That's when I was at my peak about 1995. It's all been downhill <laughs> from there. Yeah. 
we'll probably leave those stories for another morning, shall we? Yeah, exactly. Hey, uh, I'm going to be a myopic Wellingtonian because I'm based in Wellington. I'm filling in for Smithy's show. But when I see a, a National Basketball League with the Wellington Saints second at bottom with two wins from seven games, uh, I scratch my head. What the heck is going on there? Yeah, it's it's odd. It's, it's been a really odd season over the opening six weeks because, you know, just the delays in competitions around the world, it has yep. impacted on players coming into the country, including Kiwis coming back home. And the Saints have probably True. copped that worse than any other team. So it was a really rough opening four rounds for them. Uh, but they are getting back on track. They're at full strength now, and they are involved in a really big game tomorrow night in the capital against the Sharks. Fierce rivals, and both are scrambling yes. to stay in touch with the top six. So that's going to be an almighty game. Yeah, well, well, the Sharks have a very proud history over the last decade or so, and and they'll be sort of pulling their own hair out, looking at their record two wins from just eight games. Where do they need to sharpen up on? Well, I called them last night. They played against the Hawks uh, up in uh, in Hawks Bay last night. And look, they led by a point at half time, and a lot was going right. Mojave King, young star, you know, just 19 years of age, uh, was absolutely flying and nailing some big, big shots. And they looked good. And then all of a sudden, you know, the Hawks' impressive leadership, um, you know, they've got some real young talent, but at the same time, some experienced heads. You know, Jared Kenny doing what he has done for 19 seasons in the Cells NBL. Just came out in the second half and they got the edge over the Sharks. So right now, uh, look, they need to play four quarters. It's as simple as that. They need to sharpen up defensively. And uh, they lose to the Saints tomorrow night. I think it's curtains for the Sharks in season 2022. Wow. So it's uh, huge stakes for that game. Um, So so who starts... Who starts as favourite? Or, or when you've got combined four wins between them over 15 games, can no one really claim that? Yeah, probably no one can claim that. I think that's a really good call. I don't think anyone goes in as a sharp favourite in that game tomorrow night. The Saints will take the edge on their home floor, and they are returning home off a good win last week in Taranaki. And the Airs have been a very good team this season. So uh, I think the start, the the, uh, the Saints will, will start slight favourites, but you know, it's a good call, really. The, the way that they've both started the season, it's up in the air. The Hawks are in second position after last night's victory over the Sharks. Just their first win at home. They generally enjoy the comforts of the Bay now, don't they? But they've been excellent on the road. And what what do you see them and the Tuatara being able to sort of extend a lead at the top or that, that group of ten, that group of three with ten points apiece, talent-wise, can match? Look, it's moving around every week. We saw the Giants head down on the southern swing last week against the Sharks and the Nuggets, and they took two wins there. They were actually down at halftime in both of those games and came home strongly to win. It's a really tough competition, so it can move around. It's quite volatile from week to week. The Hawks uh, had that huge six-game away streak uh, where they literally were on the road uh, for three or four weeks. Now that they're back at home, they do need to make their home quarter fortress last night. Uh, was a step towards doing that. They need to continue to do that. Uh, you mentioned the airs in there um, uh, and, and the Tuatata. They played tonight. I've just had news. I've arrived at Auckland Airport this morning and uh, just had news that flights in and out of New Plymouth uh, have been cancelled. So they've actually jumped uh, a bus and they're on their way by road now. So not the perfect preparation uh, for the top of the table Tuatara heading into that game tonight.
But if there is one competition that overcomes adversity, especially with travel arrangements, it's our beloved sales MBL. We could we could we could write a three part book on on some of the amazing stories over the years as teams go to great lengths to get on court on time and service their fans. And I'm sure that will continue, Justin. You know that all very well. But as far as what else we need to look out for over the weekend, tell us. Oh, look, it's, it's, it's a competition at the moment where the stars are really starting to shape up. We're, we're starting to see some of the big-name players do their thing. And, you know, I, I think for the fans, you know, they all want their teams to win. But one of the really exciting things about the Cells NBL, for Kiwi talent and also some of that international talent that comes in, we're starting to see the cream rise to the, uh, rise to the top. Chris Johnson, uh, on Monday afternoon, Queen's birthday, I was out there calling that game on uh, on Sky, and he delivered one of the most thunderous putback dunks we've ever seen in the Cells NBL. And that uh, clip on social media is number one now all time in the NBL uh, for vision that's gone out there. That's the sort of stuff wow. that we can come to expect uh, each game. It's a lot of fun right now. I think every team goes in with a genuine belief that they can win the game. That's great for the competition. But for me, it's the highlights. There's, there's, there's just three or four things in every game where you literally jump off your seat, and I love that. Justin, before I let you go, Xavier Cooks, I understand, is re-up with the Sydney Kings for what? One, two, three more years? Yeah, there was some news that he was re-signing. I haven't actually read that this morning, but um, uh, it, it looks like he's definitely going back there. Uh, it's great right. to have him in New Zealand. I mean, his opening game of the season, he had a triple-double. He'd literally been off a plane for a couple of days and stepped out with a triple-double, the first and only one of the season in the Cells NBL. So this guy's a star. There's no doubt about that. There's, there is definitely NBA teams uh, having chats with him. We hope that we can keep him here for the full Cells NBL season. And no doubt the Saints hope that they can keep him here for the full season. But if you haven't seen Xavier Cooks yet, Get out to uh, the capital tomorrow night, 7.30 game. Go and have a look at this guy play. He is a legit talent. I've got to ask you about the NBA uh, final series. Game four later today. I think Steph Curry's under a bit of an injury cloud. I think he said he's going to play. Uh, how do you see that game going? Um, and the series overall? Well, we were chatting on hoop heads earlier this week on, on SENZ, and I think we all went with the Warriors uh, in, a, in a, a full seven-game series. But based on what we saw yesterday, I mean, the Warriors came, didn't they? That, that, that third quarter, they started to get rolling, and I thought, here we go, this is what we've come to expect. And then, you know, Boston just held firm in front of their hometown fans. They put the foot down again. Uh, and right now, you know, it's probably Boston's to lose, to be honest. Um, they, they just look like they've got the ability to answer the challenge. And, you know, when you're at the, uh, the absolute top end of doing what you do, the business end of the season... Having that ability to answer is exactly what you need to win this thing. Well, Justin, it's always a treat to get you on the program. Keep up the fine work, my friend. Enjoy the weekend, and uh, I look forward to the next episode of Hoops Head. Hey, good on you. appreciate it. Thank you. Justin Nelson uh, joining us uh, every Friday to look at our local and basketballing scene, the uh, NZ NBA round number seven. Underway last night with the Bayhawks picking up their first road win of the season. Sorry, home win. 107-92 over the Sharks. Sharks have to double up now, take on Wellington, and a hugely uh, significant game for both those two sides. I think that one is tomorrow. Get out and support. Enjoy. You will not be disappointed. Great competition. Even better live. Highly recommend you get to those venues. As far as Steph Curry, 
Uh, I'm very jealous of Steph Curry here, uh, Logan. I know he's under doubt, but uh, he's describing uh, the pain from the uh, the rolled ankle he suffered as Al Horford, who's a big unit, rolled on his ankle uh, diving for a loose ball. He's described, I got 10 and a half hours of sleep, a couple of dunks in the ice bucket, and that's about it for now. I'm just jealous he got 10 and a half hours sleep. What is this? You I mean, I've got, you've got kids, kids, I've got kids. Oh, seriously, <laughs> I've got kids. 10 and a half hours sleep? The guy's going to put 50. He's going he's to get 50. He, 10 and a half hours sleep. I don't know how good I would feel after 10 and a half hours sleep, but I feel like I could be a whole lot better than I feel right now. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Hoops Heads uh, co host uh, Justin Nelson with, uh, was with us. Hoops Heads listening to SCNZ right now. Can you give me a series score of this one? Boston to lose is what I think Justin described it as, although I, I detected with the tone that he was like quite surprised those words are coming out of his mouth. Maybe it's from where Boston started this journey at, rather than where they are now. I'd love to get your series prediction. Double eight, double three. Uh, let's us know. Uh, we are SENZ. We would love to hear from you. Lines are always open, of course, 0800 150 or double eight, double three. I've asked you. Uh, earlier, AJS Patel gone. Is it Wagner or is there another name that needs to be considered as far as the makeup of the New Zealand test side for tonight's second test against England? Uh, get those messages through. Love to read those out back after this break. It is, uh, I think, now 14 minutes away from uh, 10 o'clock. Mornings with Ian Smith, but with Daniel McCarty. Great to have your company this morning. Our number is 0800 150 811. Love to hear your thoughts on this beautiful thing we call sport. Let's start off with John from Auckland. Good morning, John. Yeah, good morning, Daniel. Hey, um, you know, I've been thinking about the Super Rugby game tonight. All week I've been saying, yeah, the Crusaders got this, Crusaders got this. But then I watched that Origin game, and I said New, New South Wales had it as well. And I think there's parallels. I know they're two different sports, two different, totally different teams. But that Chiefs team, mate, they're turning up with some form. Um, they've probably got the best centre pairing in the competition at the moment, yet some people will probably say the Blues. Um, the Crusaders have two All Blacks in their centre pairing, but they're not, not on fire at the moment. But yeah, I just look at the team and go, hmm, should I put my TAB money on the Chiefs by, by a whisker? You know? Well, our fans you sound, and, and you sound like me when I'm... You, you sound like me when I'm at the pub. Should I call an Uber and go home? Should I go <laughs> home? I'm not really sure. I'm, I'm, unconv- I'm unconvinced. You're getting there, but I still I still feel you're not over that last hurdle. I still think when you click it, you'll go the Crusaders. Am I right? Yeah, I, I only say the Crusaders because they have Will Jordan. And that guy is probably the best fullback in the world. I know you're a Wellington fan. You've got Geordie Barrett there. But Will Jordan, mate, he is the Tedesco of I'm Rugby I'm a Will Union. Jordan fan. I'm a Will and, Jordan um, fan. I'm a, I'm a card-carrying <laughs> member of that fan club, brother, and it's it's a rather large one too. Okay, so le- less concerned about the Blues. The Blues win that one. Lay it all on the line, right? This is it. This is the moment. This is the moment, John. You've wavered. Okay, you started with the Chiefs. You go to the Crusaders. This is it. On the record, John from Auckland is tipping. I'm going to have to go to the Crusaders by two points. I'm sorry, my family okay. who live in Tobaranui in the Waikato. But, yeah, it's just because of all Jordan, well, mate. Well, thanks for calling in, John. Go have a great Friday. Enjoy the games. And, and maybe the, the listeners on SENZ will um, agree, disagree. They can call in on 0800 150 or text us double eight double three. It is coming up towards, in fact, it's going to go about six minutes away from 10 o'clock right this very second. 
Thank you, New Zealand, for making Polaris New Zealand's number one selling side-by-side -side brand. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. And it's a real shame there is no Smithy being the voice of New Zealand sport. My name is Daniel, Daniel McCarty, in for Ian Smith this morning uh, for the next couple of hours and 45 seconds. Love to get your messages. They are backing up. We will get to... Uh, the Temper Bedpost text machine maybe after the news at uh, 10 o'clock. Uh, keep them rolling in on double eight double three. Love to get your contribution, your insights, your opinions. Uh, fantastic stuff. Keep those coming into double eight to double three. As far as what we have got planned for you in the next hour, as always, we've got our panel lined up, rearing to go at about uh, 20 past the hour. Can't wait to welcome a new subs, uh, James uh, Regan and Patrick McKendry from One News. Uh, but to, to lead off the hour, Darren Smith, uh, the interim uh, head coach of the New Zealand women's hockey side, our Black Sticks. Well, they have announced their squad as they look to defend the Commonwealth Games title from uh, 2018. It's a much-changed side. I will lead off with uh, Darren after the news. Um, and also, uh, later this hour, uh, Grant Elliott, you may have heard of him, Clearly the second best host on a Saturday morning here on SCNZ. He'll drop by to talk more about the cricket as well. But the news with Aroha is up next. Thank you, New Zealand, for making Polaris New Zealand's number one selling side-by-side -side brand. From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SCNZ. No Ian Smith with you today, but my name is Daniel McCarty and I will take you through till midday right here on SENZ. Later this hour, we have our panel rearing it to go. We'll get to uh, James Regan and Patrick McKendry at about 20 minutes after 10 o'clock. And about quarter to 11, uh, Grant Elliott, uh, former Black Cap and co-host of the Saturday session on SENZ, uh, will check in, share his thoughts on the second test. Plus what, BJ Watling's appointment as the Wellington Firebirds' new white ball head coach. He's reasonably connected to Wellington Cricket. We'll discuss that with Grant Elliott. But right now, uh, we eye the Commonwealth Games. And one team in particular, uh, we have our eyes on. Uh, it brought such wonderful memories uh, and moments back in 2018 as they rolled through to the gold medal, uh, extinguishing Australia's hopes in the final. That made it even more sweeter. Uh, but uh, things have certainly changed over the last four years. It's uh, been a, a rather topsy-turvy uh, world in sport overall. Uh, but uh, lots of faces not returning. It's a fresh-looking New Zealand women's hockey side. Our Black Sticks have announced their squad as they look to defend the Commonwealth Games title. We are delighted to welcome in the man who will be uh, coaching them, pulling the strings. Uh, Darren Smith joins us on the programme and on SCNZ. Thanks so much for joining us, Darren. How are you? Yeah, good. Good to be talking to you, Daniel. Right, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was about a month ago you played your last game um, against the Australians. How did you feel about the selection process after having gone through that series? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. You, you, we, we hadn't played since Tokyo, you know, with the, with the border yeah. difficulties. And, and um, you know, once things loosened up, we, we managed to get that series against Australia. Four tests, they were really competitive. It wasn't smooth, I and mean, then we came through that series and ended up with COVID within the squad uh, during the the uh, four tests. So the the team that started on the Tuesday wasn't the team that ended on the Sunday, but it, it did mean that everyone got a good opportunity to play, and, and uh, we narrowed down into eighteen players for the firstly the World Cup and then the Commonwealth Games uh, with with two uh, travelling reserves. So it was a pretty competitive selection. Um, you know, we would have wanted more matches, but I mean, I think everyone does. Uh, um, at, at this uh, this time, when when it you know you don't you don't get them, so uh, yeah. But we're here and we've, we've named the squad and we're ready to rock. 
Well, Darren, it wouldn't be a hockey series if you didn't thrash them at the schedule, I think, four games in five or six days now, wasn't it? What, what, were you full of, what, trepidation, expectation? Just tell me your, your mindset. Because you hadn't played for so long, you're up against a side like Australia, we all know is always going to be a really tough proposition. So did they, did they deliver your side as you would have expected? Because the score lines are really tight, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, they're number three in the world, the Aussies, and, and they come at you. But, um, you know, we've got a young squad. Uh, some, it always happens. Like, post-Olympic games, you get a decent sort of turnover as, as you know, players retire or they, they have some time to focus on their career or, or however it works. And we've got a combination of both, meaning that we've got a, a mix of experience and, and a heck of a lot of youth. So, as we came through this series, I, I was pleasantly surprised just watching... Uh, how competitive we were, and and, um, and watching uh, our, our team uh, have have some really good moments against Australia. So I was heartened, but uh, I know we get into a European tour uh, firstly with a World Cup that has a tough pull, uh, and then we'll go into a Commonwealth Games. And Commonwealth Games, we're really uh, blessed with hockey that it's extremely competitive. So we'll go into that and and, uh, and really look forward to, to competing hard and, and and trying to defend our title. I think it's just four players, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Darren, just four players who were in the squad in 2018 who will be back for this one. Is that a good or a bad thing, that there's only four? Oh, I mean, it is one of those, really. Um, you know, we, 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 we picked up a, pr- a couple of pretty uh, major injuries, Liz Thompson and Holly Pearson through the Australian series, both had ACLs, uh, so Liz earlier in the year, and then Holly in the last test that we played. Um, so they're Olympians coming out of Tokyo, and we're going to miss them uh, on the tour. But you, you get to give someone else another opportunity. And, and um, yeah, I mean, whether, whether we could have some more back from uh, that you know, successful 2018 team, you know, it, it, it's here, here and it's, it's uh, 2022, and, and we've got a younger squad. So, yeah, the, the girls are in good health, and, and there's a lot of positivity in the group, and... And there's certainly going to be a good European summer of hockey. So, I mean, I, I think it's a, a real optimistic group that are going to enjoy a World Cup and a Commonwealth Games. And, and very quickly after that, we'll be lining up and getting ready for qualification and, and Paris Olympics. Can I ask you for a bit of a cold assessment of the strengths of this group? Are you comfortable with the spread of talent, defence through midfield to attack? Is there one area that's stronger than the other? You know, paint a broad picture for us. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we've got a good um, sprinkling of, of Tokyo Olympians that are um, through the core of the group. So, you know, they're led by Megan Hull and uh, Olivia Murray. And, you know, they're vastly experienced. One plays three man, the other one plays centre striker. So that gives you good uh, c- uh, capability through the core. A really talented midfield group and, and a, a young um, playmaking midfielder and Katie Dorr that will, will sit, you know, towards the centre of the pitch and and Tessa Jopp, who's an Olympian as well, and and, uh, and then and then you have a world class goalkeeper in Grace Hanlon that that will you know guard the goal, and then we have some youth uh, that come with pace and vigour, and 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 we'll play pretty direct, we'll press hard, and we'll pr- try and bring a heck of a lot of tempo to the match, which is the the Kiwi way. So that should give yeah. you a bit of a flavour how it uh, uh, looks towards the World Cup and, and Commonwealth Games. So lots of uh, young players, lots of fresh faces, but there's a familiar face, although 
probably not all that familiar to, to, to those who followed the sport. You've got a great story of someone returning to the fold after, what, a seven-year absence. Yeah, Sani is, is a really talented player. Um, she's, she's been playing some top-level hockey over the last couple of years and doing well. So she played our Premier Hockey League at the end of 2020. Uh, she was involved in our internal series, the North vs South, in, in both uh, 21 and, and 22. Uh, and she's played really well. And, and I do think that with uh, Liz Thompson's injury, it just gave her a little bit more of a go, and she took that and played with yeah. quality through the North vs South and, and through the Trans-Tasman. I mean, the other thing that's so cool is she not only composed on the ball and brings real quality, but, you know, a mother of two and, and uh, having her with us through the Com Games is just a fantastic story and, and uh, she deserves her selection and, and, and will add real quality to our group. Uh, Olivia Mary, Megan Hull, fine players, we know that. Co-captains, co-captains, what's the thinking there? Why go for two? Oh, I think they complement each other really well. Um, you know, they, they are hugely respected in the group. Um, and, and you just, you know, you add some other players that are really um, standing up and, and coming off the Tokyo Olympics. I mean, we pick up Taryn Davey and Francis Davies out of European club hockey. They've been playing uh, in the Dutch uh, leagues of Old Manus in Spain. They've only just finished over there. So with Megan and, and uh, Liz uh, leading the group and, and with a really good sprinkling of Tokyo Olympians, it's, it's, uh, it does have a bit of experience and hardness uh, to uh, the, the freshness that is there. When you look at your talent, look at the rest of the arrivals around the Commonwealth, uh, is it medals is the bare minimum? Is that the high standard you, you set? Yeah, I mean, when, when you go on, like, I, mean, I uh, was lucky enough to lead the men's program through the 2018 uh, Commonwealth Games, and you know, we, we won silver there, and you always go in there uh, wanting to, to get into the medals, you know, and you, you especially would love... Uh, to have the one that we had four years ago in the Gold Coast, and it was such a special yeah. moment for that group. Um, so, yeah, I mean, whether it's bare minimum or, or whatever, but you just can't help yourself, and, and you go into a tournament, whether it's the Tokyo Olympics, Paris Olympics, Birmingham uh, World Cups, uh, we, we're wanting to, to uh, knock over teams through that pool play and get into those crunch matches, the semi-finals. So you can really get into those pressure moments. You win a few of those pressure moments, then you're in business. And in 2018, uh, I mean, I don't know if you recall, but you know, Grace Hanlon did a great job in a shootout. And Stacey Mickelson scored a clutch one, and we knocked over the Rio gold medalists in England. I know they go there as Great Britain, but there's a big English contingent. And then in the final, we were superb against a, a tough Australian side and beat them 4-1. And, and if that, you know, can be the way that Birmingham goes, then I would think that we'll be giving ourselves a few high fives. Yeah, I remember that fondly. Apart from ageing about 15 years in commentary, it was an extraordinary night. That uh, nothing, nothing like a shootout to get the heart racing and the grey hairs popping out uh, of your head. As far as the path, we, we, path back to Commonwealth we, Games. We, we sorry, all, sorry, Derek. We all aged like that. We all aged like <laughs> that. Like, I think uh, there was times where I used to feel like a 25-year-old, but coaching international sport and watching those pressure games, it's just uh, you, you're spot on, it makes makes your, your heart pump and, and the grey hairs come a bit quicker 
As far as the path back to the Commonwealth Games, I think next up is Kenya for you in July. Um, you've got a lot of hockey on the cards, though, before you hit the turf for the Commonwealth Games. Yeah, I mean, we, we fly tomorrow. We head into uh, Terrassa in Spain. We're just going to line up and play against the Spanish team in some games, which will be good. Uh, get us up to pace. Then we'll uh, settle into Amsterdam. Our pool plays in Amsterdam for the World Cup. Uh, we start off with China. We then have England, and then we, we, we then have India. So we've got an extremely tough pool in that uh, World Cup draw. All, yeah, all four of the, the people in Pool B are Olympic, Olympic teams. We'll then round out the World Cup and, and just, just have uh, four or five uh, a days lead in for, the, for going into the village and, and then hit Kenya on that first day and quite quickly come into a competitive Scottish team. And, and, uh, and we round out our, our uh, pool play with Ghana, Australia and South Africa. So, I don't know, like it, it's such a cool summer to get the opportunity to play some of the teams that are listed off there. And if we can come out of that summer... Yeah, some silverware out of the, the um, Birmingham game, or well, goldware would be good, out of the Birmingham Commonwealth Games, but also just in good health and ready for a qualification for Paris because that's going to come around very quick. Darren, thanks so much for dropping by um, and spending some time with us here on SCNC. Good luck uh, for what is a huge year. Appreciate your time. Yeah, and appreciate your support. Thanks, Daniel. Uh, that's Darren Smith, who, of course, is the interim uh, head coach of the New Zealand Blacksticks women's side. They've announced their squad for the Commonwealth Games. Just four players returning from the defending uh, um, champions from 2018. Uh, some fresh faces. Uh, we wish them all the success, I think, after that naming. The total number of athletes currently selected for New Zealand teams for the Birmingham Commonwealth Games now up to 117. Uh, this is SENZ at 16 minutes after 10 o'clock. Double eight, double three is when you send your text messages to... Uh, last hour I asked you, uh, Wagner for Patel, is it as simple as that? Someone disagrees here, as I will bring it up. Uh, Matt Henry goes brilliant in the UK. Play him on England. Green seamers over Wagner. Claims for Mitchell to stay at five. Uh, Brace will come in at six or seven. Can bowl a bit of spin um, if Nichols isn't 100%. Uh, I'll leave the last part alone. I think the more top one. Uh, Matt Henry has had an outstanding sort of county career as far as Wagner v Henry in England in their test careers. It's pretty small sample size territory. I think Wagner's played five tests, Henry three, and they average basically the same. Uh, I'm not going to lose any sleep if they go with Matt Henry, if you know what I mean. I, I just have a sneaking suspicion uh, they will go with Wagner, and I think he uh, deserves it. Uh, someone writes here, good morning, Mr. McCarty. Get Wagner in the in the uh, heart and soul of our bowling attack. Couldn't believe he was left out for the first, first test. For God's sake, writes Jared. It's okay, Jared. It's okay, mate. It's all right. You're going to be okay. Uh, I'll hurry on down. Uh, morning, Daniel. Now, in capitals, I'm going for the Brumbies. I uh, made the call after the Blue starting team announcement, and based on last week, Blue struggled against Highlanders in the first 30 minutes. Uh, no Dalton or Luke Romano to lead them, and unlike the Highlanders, uh, the Brumbies will score. I appreciate your message. Um, and lastly, we'll get to this one. Um, I can't believe people are saying the Blues are a certainty. The Crusaders will win the comp, that is what they do. They make the final. They win it. Have they won more finals away from home? And that uh, ends. I can't believe... Are people saying that the Blues are a certainty? I think we're saying they're very, very warm favourites against the Brumby side who, hey, only beat the Hurricanes last week and prior to that had lost, I think, three games on the bounce. The Brumbies have hardly been scintillating in the run-up to the playoffs. Stranger things have happened, so you can't say it's a certainty the Blues uh, will win. I think they're very, very warm favourites. 
But isn't your text message saying it's a certainty the Crusaders are going to win the comp? Um, you, you probably are going to be right, though, aren't you? I would argue. I keep your messages coming into to double eight double three, and I asked this of Izzy and uh, Israel earlier today. Izzy and Israel. No, I I asked Israel and Kempe. Uh, Israel doesn't have multiple personalities uh, that I'm aware of. I asked them, is there a more impressive streak in New Zealand sport than the Crusaders winning 25 straight home games? In the playoffs. That's in the playoffs. If, if you can pluck out a more impressive current streak in New Zealand sport, I would love to hear it on double eight, double three. In fact, I don't even care if it's your senior ninths winning 68 games on the trot over five years. Um, no matter what, what level, let, us, let me know. What is the most impressive streak currently going on in New Zealand sport? 25 out of 25 home games in Super Rugby is just mind-blowing, isn't it? If you've got a better one, let us know. Double eight, double three, or 0800 150 19 minutes after 10. Stay with us. This is SENZ. It is mornings with Ian Smith minus Ian Smith. Yeah, no Ian Smith today, but Daniel McCarty with you. Utterly thrilled to be with you. Less thrilled to give you some news that uh, we've just picked up on, and this is perfect fodder for our panel. Our panellists are ready to rock. They are ready to go. Uh, but uh, I'll read uh, via the New Zealand Cricket uh, website. Uh, they've just issued this release. Black Caps captain Kane Williamson will miss the second test against England in Nottingham starting tonight after testing positive for COVID-19. The night before the match, Williamson undertook a rat test after experiencing minor symptoms during the day and will now begin five days of isolation. Uh, the rest of the touring party have returned negative test results and will continue following the tour health protocols of symptom reporting and subsequent testing if required. Coach Gary Stead confirmed Hamish Rutherford would join the squad tomorrow morning as Williamson's replacement. And I quote, it's such a shame for Kane to be forced to withdraw on the eve of such an important match, we're all feeling for him at this time and know how disappointed he is. Hamish was with the Test squad earlier in the tour and has been playing for Leicester Foxes in the T20 Vitality Blast. Tom Latham will captain the side in Williamson's absence. All right, that is big news, significant news. Um, you would normally say huge body blow for New Zealand. Guy's been out of touch, absolutely, but uh, you... Always hope that he'd uh, return back to, to great form, but it won't be in this test. It's Kane Williamson has been ruled out of the second test in England, in Nottingham uh, to be exact, after testing positive for COVID-19. Remember, SCNZ have full coverage of this test starting from 9 o'clock. But right now, let's rip into the panel with that news in mind. And we can uh, welcome in our group as I catch my breath and actually figure out what's going on here. Uh, you know, for... for First first time blues, we'll call it, Logan. Uh, we have got them lined up. Patrick McKendry, my old mate, joins us from TVNZ. One news these days. Mr. McKendry, it's been too long. How are you? Daniel, I'm great. I'm even better now with that welcome. Um, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, good, good. To well, you know, mate, I've always been good at blowing up tyres, mate. That's about it. You know that. You know that. <laughs> Um, and also joining us out of uh, News Hub, I think he had the dream week uh, covering a bit of uh, State of Origin. We'll get to that. James Regan, welcome to the show. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. Thanks for having me. It wasn't, uh, wasn't a bad week, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, hey, with that news in mind of Kane Williamson, how big a blow, James, is that? Now you've just caught up, caught up the details that uh, New Zealand be, will be without their skipper. Yeah, yeah, that's massive. I mean... Um, <laughs> it's it's obviously good that they're going to get Henry Nichols back, but Kane um, Kane from any lineup would be, would be a massive blow, especially after last week and their batting um, 
frailties, I'll say, that were, that were exposed that we haven't seen for a long time, um, Kane included in that, and he'll probably be the first to, to say that he, he was below his best. But you're absolutely right with what you said and wishing that he, um, he'll be able to turn it around. And you wouldn't back against him to be able to turn it around at the drop of a hat, would you? With the, with the skill that he's got and the record that he's got. So, um, that yeah, that is a massive blow. It's good that it's not an injury. It's not the that elbow injury that's um, come come bad again. But, yeah, a, a huge blow for the side, especially after what we saw last week. That's, uh, that's for sure. Yeah, and I, I tend to agree with James there, that you expect him to come out of it, uh, Patrick. He's been so low on runs now for two or three months, which seems like an eternity, because uh, we've been so blessed watching Kane Williamson sort of um, smash... Uh, bowlers to all parts of the ground, but uh, even an out-of-form game, Williamson is a significant blow, isn't he, Patrick? You wonder how emboldened the English get as a result. Exactly right. Um, look, he's he's quality, quality batsman, and um, James touched on it. Uh, New Zealand need all the quality in their batting lineup they can get, and we just saw from the, the test at Lords, um, you know, how, how crucial that is, that, that batting quality and the ability to, to stay and score runs and acute uh, accumulate and, and New Zealand couldn't do that um, so it's a huge blow um, you know and it, I guess it's not only his, his batting either it's his leadership um, he's such a calm composed individual and, and that rubs off to his teammates um, so it is a real shame um, obviously Tom Latham has uh, form in terms of the captaincy and he's got some good leaders around him like Tim Southey and that but uh, oh, I mean it's a, it's a big it's a big loss for sure James, how much does it move the needle? Do you now consider England significant favourites, New Zealand favourites? You know, how do you judge this Test match with no Williamson? Yeah, it's tough because neither side really showed um, great, uh, great potential or great, um, you know, any kind of um, great form, especially with the bat in that first Test. So it was kind of hard to get a gauge on on where teams were at. What this will do is it'll it'll give England a bit more confidence and they'll have taken so much confidence from from that first test and, and Brendan McCullum will be really talking those boys up again. I think Ben Stokes said he makes them feel about 10 foot tall and this will just be kind of another layer on top of that. Okay, they've knocked off Kane. Um, we can really try and make something happen, especially at the top of that order. If we just get through um, Latham especially, does, um, as Pat said, have that form of the captaincy, then we can really you know, potentially break this team down with, with our bowlers are informed. So this this will do a lot for England. And I think, um, yeah, maybe maybe it does push, push them as favourites. It depends how the other New Zealand boys step up now because they really have to. Without Kane, there's no doubt about that. But, um, yeah, it'll certainly do a lot for England's confidence. Yeah, the panel with James Regan and Patrick McKendry were just dealing with breaking news. Kane Williamson ruled out of tonight's Test match against England. Our coverage here on SCN starts at 9 o'clock. Uh, we're a little bit behind time. We'll get a break, but plenty more to come here on the panel. We'll talk Super Rugby playoffs, the All Blacks, and a squad announcement. Uh, no Ethan Blackadder for that one. Some golf and some rugby league. Stay with us. Plenty more to come in part two. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. It is time for Big Opinions on the panel with James Regan from News Hub and Patrick McKendry from One News. It's win or go home time in Super Rugby, Mr McKendry. Uh, the Chiefs and Crusaders will lock horns at Orange Theory Stadium. 25 straight games in playoff um, rugby the Crusaders have won at home. It's quite extraordinary, but what chance do the Chiefs have of ending that streak, you feel? 
Oh, they've got a very good chance, Daniel. Um, as Steve Hansen used to say, it's a, it's a two-horse race uh, and they're a quality team. But, um, you know, I guess there's been quite a lot of talk about how the Chiefs came to Christchurch during the regular season and beat them, uh, beat the Crusaders uh, with, with a, late, a late converted try in the corner, a very dramatic finish. But I think a lot of people are forgetting that Crusaders went to Hamilton and, and did the same to them, um, except it was a bit more convincing, actually. I think it was 34-19 a few weeks later, the Crusaders scoring three, three tries to one in the second half. So um, honours even in the round robin. Uh, now it's all on the line in the semi-final tonight in Christchurch. Um, look, I, I think, you know, obviously the Crusaders have the pedigree. goes without saying they never lost a playoff at home. But um, I think uh, Coach Scott Robertson, they'll be really, he'll be really keen just to, to cut down on the mistakes. I think that's a silly error cost them in that, in that loss to the Chiefs. And I think um, they've probably been doing that a bit more this season than they have in the past in terms of the silly errors. Um, so if they can tighten up on that, tighten up on their defence, and uh, if their pack fires and, and Richie Moanga plays, plays like he should, then uh, I'll be pretty confident the Crusaders get home. That makes it 26 in a row, according to Patrick McKendry. Care to be the dissenting voice here, James? <laughs> um, nah, not likely. I mean, look, the, Chiefs have been, <laughs> the Chiefs have been probably below where they would have wanted to be, given given what they've shown in, in patches throughout the season, that, that win in Christchurch, obviously, and, and there have been other games where they've been really, really dominant, but they just haven't quite been able to get it together like the other teams have. And then, of course, the fact of going down to Christchurch against the Crusaders side who will be able to really... They'll want to face the final. Uh, they'll want to face the Blues in the final, right? So they'll be well up for that. I mean, good yeah. luck to the Chiefs, but, um, yeah, yeah, I'm going to have to go Crusaders on that one, unfortunately. Ethan Blackadder, we know, is out for the rest of the year. Will not be named in the All Black squad on Monday, Patrick. Um, we all love talks of the bolter, um, so on and so forth. But last year, such big squads, wasn't in a very strange year. I think they did a lot of their blooding last year, didn't they? Uh, are there going to be any new names, or is it just whittling down the group from last year? Well, to be honest, I hope there are new names, Daniel. I think this is uh, a good opportunity for the selectors to bring in some guys who, you know, a lot of them are really knocking down the door. Um, I guess it depends on the numbers that they do announce, whether it's a squad of 35 or a bit more, but, um, you know, there's some guys who are obvious, um, obviously going to be newcomers. Falao Fakatava uh, is one. I think Roger Tuavasa-Shek has to be in there. Uh, I, I wrote a column on One News website about others who I think should be, including uh, including St- Stephen Perifeta. I think he demands an inclusion. Um, and, and these others, like, I think there's two, two very good, promising Crusaders props, Fletcher Newell, and to Mikey Williams, who who I really like the look of, and I think that you know that potentially could be um, you know big points of difference at next year's World Cup. So I, I, I hope he does roll the dice, and because something needs to change, doesn't it? And you know what what happened last year. Um, hopefully, that's a big lesson in terms of their defeats to South Africa, Ireland, and France. And um, I, I think we we need to change things up, and and this is a good, mm. good opportunity to start that. Let's go to Rugby League. Uh, James, is it fair to say, uh, on assignment this week, you were the pig and proverbial state of O? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I've um, never been to Sydney, never been state of origin. So last week was 
was pretty much perfect and and a hell of a game <laughs> as well. Let's be honest. I mean, um, we didn't didn't expect we didn't really know what to expect, especially from this Queensland side. But I think the overall feeling is Billy Slater effect is in full swing, and not just him, but Cameron Smith, Jonathan Thurston, Greg Inglis was there throughout the week as well. And just as Baz makes England feel ten foot tall. You know, those guys probably would have made those Queensland players, especially the younger ones, feel about 20 foot tall. I mean, if you go into camp, someone like Selwyn Cobbo on debut and he's got those guys around him, he's just going to feel like he can do anything, right? So uh, it was it was great. I mean, the access that you get to players um, for those teams and over there is phenomenal as well. So, just, yeah, for a journal like me, it was, um, yeah, you're absolutely right. It was, it was pretty much heaven. Mm. Uh, Patrick, uh, Tohu Harris tells his players to put their body on the line as Stacey Jones's era with the Warriors starts against the Lemon for sorry, the Sharkies this coming weekend. Boy, oh boy, I don't know what to expect from any coach um, taking this over. Patrick, do you? Body, body on the line. Isn't that what all professional players should be doing? Um, anyway, yes. I think that's. Yes. I think that's a given, isn't it? Um, anyway. Uh, yeah, what a, please show a, some a, effort. Please show some effort. That uh, is a, it's a damning line, isn't it, to hear it? Because oh, that's the one thing we fans can demand is effort. Show some effort. And look, I thought you know uh, Nathan Brown during the season saying that the worry, that some of his Warriors players gave up in a match uh, and that terrible defeat was it against the Sharks? Um, uh, giving up. I mean, that's as bad as it gets, isn't it? Um, so, I, I don't know, this is like a slow-moving train crash of a season for the Warriors, and it's just, it's a bit depressing, I, I, to be honest, and I'm not, I'm not a huge Warriors fan, um, but, uh, yeah, I, I just hope that uh, Stacey Jones' reputation isn't, isn't tarnished as a result, because yeah. he does not deserve that as a fantastic former player for the Kiwis and the Warriors, um, and an inspirational figure to a, to a lot of people and a lot of young players coming up, um, he, he doesn't deserve to have his reputation tarnished, and I, and I hope it doesn't happen. So, come on, men, put your bodies on the line. <laughs> yeah, James, new coach bounce. Are they going to get that, the Warriors? Um, well, if you if you can't if you can't do it for Stacey Jones, then you can't do it for anyone, really, can you? And I think that's probably part of the the thought behind putting Stacey in for the rest of the season is you've got to get up him, right? And I think they've brought Kevin Campion into into the group as well. So, mate, like, it's, it's interesting because Nathan Brown in the past few weeks has been saying the effort was there uh, but the execution wasn't there. And Stacey's obviously doesn't agree because, I mean, the effort <laughs> clearly hasn't. Um, so they're, ju- they're just going to have to play a brand of football that is all-out effort, all-out defence as well. Like, they, they've just got to focus on that. And players have just got to park whatever has gone on in the past few weeks behind the scenes. Uh, and they've got to try. Because bearing in mind, they come home in a couple of weeks. And no one's going to watch a, lo- a, you know, a losing team, right? So they, they've got to try and turn things around. They've got to have that new coach bounce, yeah. as you say. And they've, you know, they've also got to um, potentially audition for a new coach. Because it's a pretty hard sell at the moment, isn't it? Coming to the Warriors. Um, with with how things have gone, not just on the field but off the field as well, it's a pretty hard sell. So those players are going to be they're going to be wanting to impress whoever the new coach is, who you know potential candidates will be watching. 
And if they don't, if the new coach, whoever it is, doesn't see what they want to see, then those players will be gone. Um, yeah. And yeah. and that's as simple as that. So players are potentially playing for their future as well. Well, James, really appreciate your time, mate. Thanks so much for stopping by. Go have a great weekend. Thank you, mate. Thanks for having me. Oh. And Patrick, good to chat to you again, my friend. I appreciate all the effort. You gave me full effort today. That is all I can ask for, Patrick. You hung in there. Thank you so much. Cheers, mate. Good to chat. (laughs) Yeah, Patrick McKendry and uh, James Regan from uh, One News and News Hub, respectively. The panel for another day. You may want to uh, react. Uh, Firstly to the news, no Kane Williamson. Those are the topics too. Double eight, double three. Go on, pick me a New Zealand starting 11 now to play England. I've got about eight names, and now I'm getting very confused. Help me out. Double eight, double three, back after this break, 18 away from 11. If it's flat conditions, you keep Patel in. If not, then potentially you could go Bracewell, um, who could bowl a bit of spin and obviously that extra data. Um, but we, we've got to try and win it, don't we? We have to win it. And I think that would be a, really, a real positive move, bringing Wagner in for, for Williamson. Because we've, we've got the batting there. Nichols will come back in, obviously, yep. for the Grand Prix. Um And uh, Conway can slide up. Everyone sort of slides up one. You could even put Mitchell in at four and leave, uh, leave Nichols at five. Yeah, I'm, d- I'm just screaming to think, have we got any other options? Is Ratchet Ravindra on that, on that tour? Is he an option? Crikey, I didn't even Ratchet know he was Ravindra on the tour. Is, uh, that, that, that... Yeah, he's, he's over there. I'm not too sure if he has been brought in uh, into the squad for the, the Grand Home injury, but he is in England. Yeah, so, I mean, that yeah. could be the other option. Um, but well, Hamish Rutherford has been, of course. Yeah. yeah, Rutherford's been yeah. called in for Williamson. Um, so so he's, he's batting cover. So I, I, I just want to get this right, Grant. You know I hate um, not quoting you correctly. Know how risky <laughs> you can be, and how how quickly you can overreact to certain things. So this is Grant Elliott's side to lose the second test against England because he's picked it. Uh, Latham, Young, Conway, Nichols, Mitchell, Blundell, Jameson at seven, uh, Bolt, Southey, Wagner, and Patel. Yeah, I don't know if I'd have Bolt at eight. Um, that's a bit of a worry. Uh, but I'd have to go Saudi, obviously, at, at eight. So we are looking one better short. But I, I do think that we've always played it safe. You know, we've always looked at our all-rounders and sort of played all-rounders instead of spinners. And I just feel it is condition-dependent, right? You know, let, let's see what the, the, yeah. that pitch looks like, um, whether you play the spinner, because Patel only bowled two, two overs. But I think the most... Yeah, no, uh, it was a strange one. Hey, Grant, yeah, I've got to go. I've got to go pay the bills, mate. I've got to go pay the bills, mate. They have lots of ads on the show, obviously, that people listen to Smithy, unlike us on a Saturday. Thanks so much, brother. Back after the break and bring my coffee tomorrow. Cheers, mate. I will do. Time to call my favourite bloke. It's Louis Herman Watt. Hello, mate. Oh, two times in one day. This is really is one of the great Fridays. It is. It really is. And the best thing about this conversation, it's going to be really short. What have you got for us? <laughs> hey, what's your best of the day tomorrow at Trenton for a big day, Daniel? I know you've done the form for us. Hey, um, no, you know me, mate. You know me. I'm there, I'm there to press flesh, rub shoulders, look pretty. That's what I'm good at. Yeah, they call you Easy Bet McCarty. Um, hey, well, what we've got is we do have a race meeting at Trenton. It's been pissing down, hasn't it? Isn't it been torrential? So oh, yeah. I, yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah. I assume it's going to be a very heavy track, so if you're going to have a bet, 
make sure you do your heavy form. You're looking at horses that can get through it, that have that fitness edge, so that they may be like third, fourth, fifth up this preparation. Um, and you know the trainers that come out of the summer of the year, if you do know this stuff, uh, your Alan Sharrick, that sort of um, kind of smart central district trainer, the Lisa Ladders, that have their horses nice and fit. Up north, they're racing a rural kaka. You should get a bit better of a track, maybe a soft, depending how much rain they get tonight. And Stephen Marsh has got a nice team up there. Across the ditch in the north, um, Eagle Farm races again. The Queensland Carnival has been going on. What a fabulous carnival it has been. The Chosen One and Coventina Party again in the Q22, uh, a group two. The last time we see the Chosen One, what a fabulous ambassador he has been for New Zealand racing. So all the best, all the connections, and if you're having a bet, gamble responsibly and enjoy it. Good man, love you, mate. Take it easy, have a good weekend. See you, brother. Uh, Louis Herman Watt, let's uh, get a TRB odds update. Bit live in your favourite sports. Download the TRB app today. Here's Pip Morris up from the TAB. Welcome aboard. What have you got for us, Pip? Yeah, good morning, Stephen. Well, plenty to look forward to. The bonus back blitz is back for the racing side of things across the weekend on our four main meetings. And, of course, the SENZ Duke of Edinburgh Silver Collar meeting at Monaco on Sunday. The first two races are bonus back races, so get involved there. Some really nice prices. A lot of the markets are open as well, and some power plays available on the Silver Collar and the Group 1 Waterloo Cup. And for the sports side of things, I can tell you for the cricket, $600 on Conway for man of the match at $12 has been really popular, and four hundred dollars on the draw at four ninety and Conway's by far the best back for top run scorer in the first innings and look he seems to be the most popular option across the all of the bet plays as far as the black caps go. So hopefully they can pull through for those lucky punters. Yeah well said Pip do appreciate it. Go have a fine afternoon. Appreciate your time of course if you've uh, tipped on Kay Williamson, uh, your uh, expletive out of luck. He's been ruled out, um, of course, with a COVID. Um, love to get your thoughts on how you select the New Zealand cricketing side. Uh, with that news in mind, double eight, double three. Grant Elliott's given us his 11. I'll go over that later. Someone's accused Grant Elliott of being on drugs. The naming of his side on double eight, double three. Someone accused him of that last week too. It's a common theme. News is next. Thank you, New Zealand, for making Polaris New Zealand's number one selling side-by-side brand. From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Three and a half minutes after 11 o'clock, you are with uh, Mornings with Ian Smith in association with Polaris New Zealand's number one selling side-by-side brand. No... In Smith this morning, of course, it is uh, Daniel McCarty with you for another hour. Uh, before we get to my esteemed guest to lead us off, as we're going to look at the Super Rugby semi-finals this weekend, we've got a giveaway thanks to the great team at Two Degrees. Two Degrees at Super Rugby Fan Pack to give away. Uh, we just simply want to know the lineup for the Super Rugby final next weekend. So you have to, we're forcing you to make a prediction of both the semi-finals. Who will meet in next weekend's final? Text us double eight double three. The fan pack includes a hat, a mini cooler bag, a mini rugby ball, seat cushion as well. Uh, all thanks to Two Degrees, the super network behind super teams. Go on, simply text in who will make it through to the final next weekend, and you all go into the mix to win that uh, prize pack. Thanks to Two Degrees. Right now, though, at four minutes after eleven o'clock, let's. Uh, Drill a little bit deeper and look at these uh, semi-finals of Super Rugby. Utterly delighted to welcome into the program... Oh, God, it's, it's the king of Wainui Mata, the mayor of Wainui Mata, one of the finest rugby commentators going around. Long-time Sky Sport commentator. He is the one, the only Mr. Ken Laban. Kia ora, Ken. Great to speak to you again. 
Thanks for showing me. Crikey, where are you? Underwater. I know it's raining in Wellington, but... Hello. You all right? Can you yeah, hear right. me? I'm good. Yeah, fine. Can oh, you good. Hear me? Oh, excellent. We, good? we can... We can oh, I can hear that booming voice of yours coming through A-OK right now. Now we've got the pleasantries out of the way, mate. No worries. Um, the best four teams in the competition. It's win or go home time, Ken. How excited are you overall, the prospect of this weekend and, and these two matchups? Well, I suppose if we visit the rugby specific competition in its entirety in 2022, it would be interesting the varied opinions that you would get on them with those thinking that it's been fantastic and it's been a great victory, and those that have, naturally, those that have found it a tad underwhelming. Myself personally, uh, selfishly, to watch this year's Super Rugby competition in the context of whether or not it's just a question of whether the play and players that come out of this can reverse what happened against Ireland and France at the end of the tour last year. And, um, Assessment of that is, um, I think so. I think it's been an entertaining competition. It has been over, over really, and as you quite rightly point out, the big teams um, got through. Um, the All right, Ken, we might put you on hold because I, I, the phone is cutting in and out quite badly. We'll try and get another connection with uh, Ken Laban, but uh, I don't know about you, I can't hear Ken. Uh, well, I can hear a word and then a gap and a word and a gap and a gap and a word. Um, so uh, hopefully we can clear that up and get back to it. Uh, just a reminder of the two semifinals, of course, it's an all-New Zealand affair later this evening. Orange Theory Stadium in Christchurch. It is the Crusaders hosting the Chiefs before the Blues. A take on the lone Australian representative, uh, the Brumbies. The Brumbies, of course, progress past the, uh, the, the Hurricanes uh, to avoid a clean sweep as far as uh, four New Zealand sides are making it. So we're going to break down these uh, two uh, semi-finals. And we want to know from you who is going to make the final. Text us, double eight, double three. Who makes the final? Everyone who does that goes into the draw to win this prize pack. Thanks to two degrees. Uh, that is up for grabs. I think um, we've got Ken back. We're in the process of getting Ken back, and uh, we'll get to uh, him right this very moment. Uh, take two. Ken, can you hear me? Yes. Are we good? Are we going? We are We, we are going. We are going. You, you, I felt like you were you, you were coming off the long run, Ken, so I don't know if you can go all the way back to the top of your mark and, and go again. Um, yeah, well, I was talking about um, looking at the Super Rugby competition in terms of its intensity and competitiveness and whether or not what we were seeing out of that competition would be good enough to reverse the results that the All Blacks had against Ireland and France last year. And um, I'm not quite sure that we've seen this um, in 2022. Having said that, um, the best four teams have got through um, to the playoffs. Um, and I was I was making the point, Daniel, that six of the last seven Super Rugby titles have been won by the team that has finished first or second in attack at the end of the regular season. So, in my view, the Blues and the Crusaders, uh, based on history, are going to meet in the final. And uh, given the momentum that the Blues have been on in uh, in 2022, I think it will be so good um, for the competition if the Blues were able to um, to continue their fine form and get it done. They've been an underachiever for a long time, given their population and given their dominance in yes. previous elite competitions, and they're in great form. Absolutely, and, uh, and I'm sure a lot of people think uh, exactly that way, Ken, uh, and many will be tipping a Blues Crusaders final. 
But that's the type of thing the Chiefs love, don't they? Being sort of dismissed. They love grappling onto that underdog tag and have what, what, what seems like for a very, very long time. Well, you know, you only have to go back to 2020. They were 0-8 in the, um, in the restricted competition. And then they put Clayton Millen, McMillan in charge. And then they moved uh, Warren Gatlin sideways, which was an enormous decision um, for the administration of the Chiefs to make. And as a result, the Chiefs had a fabulous year in 2021. And of course, if anybody's capable of causing an upset, it's, um, it's going to be the Chiefs. Um, their coaching, their program, their roster um, has just been outstanding. And he's done a great job, Clayton McMillan. Yeah, no doubt about that. How do, how do you think the Chiefs go about attacking the Crusaders? Uh, they split the series, of course. They went down, they won a tight game down there uh, earlier in the competi- uh, competition. The Chiefs return serve uh, with great gusto in the return match. It's, it's different, though, playoff footy, isn't it, Ken? Different sort of styles. How, how do you see the Chiefs game planning this? The Chiefs will do what they've always done when it comes to the big games. They'll come out, they'll be physical. They'll be in their face. They'll force the confrontation. They'll try and dominate the contact areas. Their big three will come out banging big, um, and they'll really turn it into a physical contest. I'm looking forward to the first 20 or 25 minutes of the game. I'm expecting it to be old school, uncompromising, and the team that emerges dominant or the forward pack that emerges dominant after the end of that first quarter will go a long way to determining who wins. Ethan Blackadder, I'm sure you'd be disappointed not to see him in knockout footy. He's had a great year and a real shame for him. He's, he's gone for the campaign, gone for the all-black season, it seems. Yeah, it's absolute tragedy for, um, for Ethan. I've, you know, I've, from a commentary point of view, I've been commentating him basically since he was a boy, um, watching him come through um, and dominate with a mako and then really um, maturing and developing as a player of true international class um, over the last 12 months. Has been uh, it's been terrific, and he's all of those things that um, I mentioned to you uh, earlier about the Chiefs. He's a tough kid. Um, he's uncompromising, very very physical on um, on both sides of the ball. He's a huge loss. It's a huge loss for um, for the Crusaders, and uh, he's a player that I'm tipping to have a very big future in All Black rugby. And that's no surprise. Everybody's right. tipping that. No, no, absolutely. Uh, and, of course, um, the Chiefs are up against a, a side um, whose record is quite staggering, isn't it, uh, Ken, as far as winning titles, this, this golden run over the last four or five years is quite extraordinary. Overall, 25 games played at home in the playoffs, and they've won 25 of them, Ken. I, I, I can't think off the top of my head a more impressive streak in New Zealand sport. It, it's that impressive, isn't it? It is. And, uh, you know, well, they're up there with Manchester United, Liverpool and the Chicago Bulls in terms of professional sporting franchises and organisations that have dominated. Um, they're right up there with all, uh, with all the elite with the elite sides. And, of course, they dominate the all-black team um, as well. And that's been an enormous advantage uh, for them having so many players in key positions that have played in so many big games. So, you know, it's in their DNA. Uh, they could step it up a level. Um, in the big games, they can control the ball, they can control the ruck, their set piece is always operating at 95% plus um, and a team needs to be on their game, on the day and they just need to be slightly off theirs to be able to get a result. But as you say, 25-0 and 0 at, home, at home is a very, very compelling statistic.
Are there any weaknesses in that Crusaders no, lineup? No, Maybe weakness no, is the no. right, wrong word. Are there any deficiencies? I don't know. I'm really clutching here. No, no, there isn't. There's none. There's none there, or in the Blues either. They've got no. I remember having exactly the same conversation, Daniel, with Robbie, um, Robbie Deans a few years ago, and I asked him. I said, "Are there any weaknesses in your team, mate?" And then he said, "Well, you know, I said if I look at attitude towards training, look at attitude towards the game, thought processes, how they review, um, you know, diet, off-field behaviour, all of those kinds of um, things, sit in, in every area." Um, they tick. They tick every box, and the same can be said um, for the Blues. And obviously, if you look who's in charge of the Blues and where he came through and where he enjoyed it early and his success, they have the same standards and the same values, and that's reflected in the consistency of their side. Same can be said for the Chiefs. To the Blues and the Brumbies. Uh, the Brumbies probably the team I, I struggle to get a, a read on more than the other three. Uh, Okay, granted, they got past the Canes last week, job done, but there was, I think, a stretch of at least three games, if not more, that they'd lost leading up to the final, uh, to the final series, Ken. So what has to go right for the Brumbies if they're to push and beat the Blues, which I, I'm detecting you don't think is going to happen? No, I don't think it will happen. Um, obviously, the New Zealand franchise has had the advantage of having played in tougher and more intense opponents during the course of the regular season. Um, and the Australian franchises, by comparison, um, haven't had that same level of intensity for as long, and that's a big advantage for the New Zealand franchise. Uh, teams, the fact that those derbies are so physical, so intense, and so competitive, means it just puts an edge on their play. And it'll be the same with the derby tomorrow. I mean, over this weekend um, as well. I expect the Brumbies will will have some moments, but um, ultimately, I see the Blues and the Crusaders heading to the final next week. I, I am a little bit disappointed we won't see Dalton Papali'i for the playoffs. He's just been exceptional. Yeah, the game is, you know, it's cruel, isn't it? As much as we love the game, we always say it doesn't love you back. Um, and you look at Dalton Papali'i, he was really going to challenge for that seven duty, and we were all looking forward to seeing how that all unfolded. Um, Ethan Blackadder, well, what were they going to do with Ethan? Um, what were we going to do with Artie? What were we going to do with Sam Kane? You know, it's like the little soap operas on the side that we like looking at. Um, and the <laughs> fact that they were all competitive and all in form, you know, that just meant it all drive them all to the next level. So, you know, I feel for Dalton. He's been such an important part of the rise um, of the Blues, his captaincy and his leadership. Um, big, big, big loss, um, not only for the Blues, but for the All Blacks. Ken, before I uh, let you go, um, you're tipping Crusaders Blues. That's, that's um, pretty much clear. What about Monday morning and Monday afternoon? No, it's not rocket science again. But the All Blacks get announced. What is going to be the talking point come Monday afternoon? Have you got a hot take for me here? Is it is it a bigger mission? Is there a bolter? What is the big talking point? Well, I don't. For me, maybe every time I mention the All Blacks, all I can think about is what happened against the island in France. So for me, the big talking point, not necessarily being who's uh, who's in or who's out, it's going to be, yeah, is okay. this the team that can reverse a poor result from the end of season tour last year? Yeah, great. Uh, we, we, we won't yeah. know that until Monday, will we? No, exactly. Ken, thank you so much for joining us, mate. Enjoy all the footy this weekend. Look forward to chatting down the line. Take it easy, mate. Cheers, mate.
Ken Laban joining us. Second time's a charm, right? That's our dodgy Wellington telephone reception and, and bad weather. Great to get his uh, voice crystal clear. Thank you very much to my team in the uh, the main studio. Uh, Ken Laban, um, not rocket science, Crusaders v Blues. Sorry, Chiefs fans. Uh, you may want to disagree. We, we did ask you, uh, the uh, listeners, the to text in for our two degrees, our prize pack, our Super Rugby prize pack, uh, and we just wanted you to uh, tell us who's going to make the finals. Um, I'll quickly go down some of them just to see what the, you know, the pulse of the uh, SENZ nation is. Hi, Daniel. I'm picking the Brumbies Crusaders final. Cheers, Graham from Marlborough, formerly from Northland. I love it when you give us details where you are and where you've moved around. Where were you born, Graham? You married? Like long walks on the beach? What is it, Graham? Tell me. Uh, double eight, double three. Uh, Crusaders to win the semi, then play the Brumbies in Christchurch to win it. Blues Chiefs final, this one says. Blues v. Crusaders final, Eden Park, 48,000 capacity. Uh, Jared writes, Daniel Crusaders versus Auckland for the final, for God's sake. Agreed. Good to, to hear Mike, for God's sake, guys, texting me back. Yes. Uh, to answer your question, Jared, yes. I think Auckland will make the final. That's the Blues, isn't it? Uh, Crusaders Blues appears to be the most common from my rather unscientific poll as I uh, check on our uh, text line, double eight, double three. You can still get in the mix to win this uh, prize pack to send through who you see making at the final uh, as I scurry on down the uh, temper bedpost text machine. Temper and bedpost like no other. Uh, temper and bedposts, uh, range of mattresses and adjustable bases adapt to the exact shape of your body so you can put your head and feet up in comfort. Uh, I have asked a number of people, and I'm now going to ask Logan, now my producer extraordinaire, he's probably shouting at me going, go on air break, mate, we're behind, we're behind. I'm not listening, mate. I'm not listening. Thanks for holding my hand and doing a splendid job. That's the last uh, compliment I will give you. Let's not get carried away. I'm serious. What What is a more impressive streak than the Crusaders winning 25 straight home games? I can't get over this. Am I overinflating the, the, the magnitude of what they've been able to achieve? 25 in a row is bonkers, isn't it? It is pretty impressive, and I know we've had one response there on the uh, Tempered Bedpost text machine about the war. Uh, this is on the other side of things, the Warriors' streak of not winning <laughs> the NRL. Yeah, that, that was Harry from Ashburn, wasn't it? What about the Warriors not winning the NRL title ever, <laughs> writes Harry. I, I just I detect Harry with great glee as you were tapping that out. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> Ke- Kevin, did po- Kevin was another responder on the, uh, the text line. Um, All Blacks at Eden Park. I mean, yeah, sure. You know, Eden Park is a fortress, but I, oh God, when you think of streaks, like I, I go more towards losing streaks. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bit that way inclined. I think uh, listeners of the show will know that I am a full hearty Toronto Maple Leafs fan, and that streak of losing goes all the way back to 1967. Oh, dude. So, so why do we have to bring that up? Yeah, you why wanted, you to, wanted I, to talk streaks, mate. That's as as far yeah, as it goes for me. But, but here's the thing about the Leafs, and I, I, I spoke to the audience on the Saturday session a couple of weeks about this, and join me, Logan. I've, ju- I've just I've found peace and happiness and tranquility now that I've just come to the conclusion that Maple Leafs are never going to win it in my lifetime. I'm just happier. I'm just a better person as a result. See, it's the hope that gets you, Logan. It's the hope that gets you. Oh, we hear that phrase a lot when we talk about the Warriors on this show, but we are too, Daniel, we're too young to be thinking that way. That's, that's the way I see it. No, you're probably right, and you still see the the light in life. I'm just a dark, cynical mess, obviously. 
Um, uh, but I'll wear that. Uh, so keep your messages rolling, and we do appreciate it uh, on double eight to double three. I did ask a lot, a number of you, as far as um, how do we pick a test side for New Zealand now that Williamson has ruled out. Uh, Grant Elliott, uh, we called him on an SOS to check on my well-being and uh, to offer some insights. His side was Latham, Young, Conway, Nichols, Mitchell, Blundell, um, Jameson, Southey, Wagner, Bolt, and Ajaz Patel. So he's gone heavy on bowlers. I think someone texted and accusing uh, Grant of being on drugs. Uh, if you can be a little bit more constructive and actually name an 11, uh, feel free. On double A, double three, someone writes here, Latham, Rutherford, Conway. Young, Nichols, Mitchell, Blundell, Jameson, Southey, Bolt, and Wagner in that lineup. So Rutherford in for Williamson there, and Nichols in for De Gronholm. Giving you one less bowling option. So uh, keep your nominations or suggestions coming through, rather, to double eight, double three. Best we get to a break now. It's 21 minutes after 11. Stay with us. I think we talk uh, Greyhound uh, racing up next. We've got a huge weekend. In fact, one of the biggest days of the year for Greyhound uh, racing. Uh, we will uh, uh, discuss that with Aaron White, commentator extraordinaire after this. Thank you, New Zealand, for making Polaris New Zealand's number one selling side-by-side brand. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. 27 minutes after 11 o'clock, you are with SENZ. Uh, Mornings with Ian Smith, minus the Smithy. My name is Daniel McCarty, and I I must apologise. I think I've given you a bum steer in the previous uh, voice break uh, when I suggested... Uh, this is a mightily impressive um, unbeaten streak, winning streak for the Crusaders in home path games, 25 from 25. Uh, my question was, what is a good comparison? Um, what tops it in New Zealand, that is? I'd love to know, currently in New Zealand, if, the, if there's anything that can match that, if there's something else. A lot of you have uh, texted through with some great suggestions as far as international winning streaks are concerned, whether it be Money Mayweather, whether it be Chelsea's ridiculous streak in the uh, the EPL, uh, Mr Khan dominating world squash for like 555 games in a row. Shameless plug for my program. You can check it out on social media this Saturday session and listen back to an interview with Ross Norman from about a month ago. Um, and we touched on ending that streak. Uh, but yeah, in New Zealand, if you've got an idea, double eight, double three. Uh, I'm just not sure there is anything that can really be compared to what the Crusaders have done in Super Rugby and home playoff games. And that pains this man sitting in Wellington a lot. Uh, right now, though, we're going to talk uh, Greyhound Racing, and we welcome in uh, Aaron White, commentator extraordinaire. Uh, it's a huge weekend. Huge weekend, Aaron, is it not, for the Greyhound community of New Zealand? Welcome aboard. Yeah, it certainly is, Daniel. A very good morning to you. Morning, everybody. Yes, the SENZ Duke of Edinburgh Silver Collar, the best race in New Zealand when it comes to Greyhound Racing. The 51st edition comes up on Sunday afternoon, 3.27, eight elite canines over the extreme 779-metre journey. And we've got one of the best greyhounds we've seen in New Zealand over distance for many, many, many years and no keeper at this stage, Daniel, the dollar twenty-five favourite with tab.co.nz. Yeah, I'll get to that in just a moment, but uh, I'm not going to ask you to, to name all 50 previous winners, even though you probably could, Aaron, but some pretty fond memories, some big moments have come out of this race? Oh, certainly. It's one of those races that you've always wanted to sit down and watch. Um, you know, it's, I suppose it's like when you compare uh, compare it with uh, rugby, you want to watch all the finals of Super Rugby, you know, your grand finals of Rugby League. This is the grand final for Greyhounds for me. So, yep, there have been some great performances over the uh, years and probably none more so, uh, of course, than the uh, great uh, staying bitch a few years ago. So, um, 
you know, she's certainly one that uh, springs to mind, uh, has to be well in the mix there too. Yeah, wonderful name. The SENZ Duke of Edinburgh, silver collar over 779 metres, if I'm not mistaken. Known, Keepy, you've already mentioned it, um, a, a hugely known commodity in the industry. One of the very best and a pretty warm favourite by the sounds. Yeah, very warm uh, favourite. Just couldn't think of that dog's name. Swift Fantasy, of course, was her name uh, of the uh, great uh, collar. She was a long way off and she used to have a, a great record of just uh, flopping out the back and then charging home. But, yeah, no keeper. He's got a wonderful style. In fact, he's had 16 races uh, further than 600 metres and he's yet to taste defeat in those, Daniel and he was superb in what was pretty atrocious conditions last Sunday in the heats as well. He led them all the way, fastest time of the day uh, for uh, his heat as well. So if he steps on the journey on Sunday, it's going to take a very, very good greyhound to run no keeper down. Oh, and no shame here, Aaron. I'm by no means an expert. I would have thought the longer the distance, the more volatility. So, so having, a, having a string over the longer distance is mightily impressive. Yeah, it certainly is, and um, it's uh, a test uh, uh, to the trainers uh, as well, because uh, especially when it comes to the silver collar, because you're going seven, seven, nine metres uh, twice in a seven-day period, basically. So it's it's how you get them to the heats, it's how you bring them through the heats, and then that week leading up to the final. And um, certainly Gary Cleave, he knows how to do it. He's been placed in the race before, but there's uh, one trainer in the uh, race and one owner, and that is uh, Karen Walsh and Gary Harding and uh, Team Thrilling, they certainly know how to get a, a dog through the heats into the final. They've won the final that many times uh, that uh, when it comes to a Sunday Thrilling Road, he's certainly going to be a force to be reckoned with. Another Group 1 race, what the Waterloo Cup also you, you'll be paying particular attention to. Yeah, the Waterloo Cup, it's always one of uh, my favourites as well because they have heats right around the nation, so we had uh, heats out of Addington, uh, Cambridge, uh, Manawatu, Palmerston North here, and uh, up at Auckland at uh, Monaco. So the first two dogs and all of those heats make it into the final and certainly has uh, thrown up a really good field for uh, this year. And uh, with those dogs coming from around the nation, we've got the King of Cambridge, Pedro Lee, just loves racing down at Cambridge. Weak question mark over the 527, but he's found the right draw of box number yeah. one. Uh, Tell Bingo Bale, he was very good down at uh, Addington. As to uh, was uh, Opawa Wayne and those two, Opawa Wayne, Tell Bingo Bale were second and third respectively in the Auckland Cup and behind Opawa Superstar. So they do have good form at Monaco previous, those two greyhounds. And I think those two might be the ones to fight out the uh, Waterloo Cup this year. Big weekend, Darren. Thanks so much. Go enjoy it. Appreciate your time. Thank you, Daniel, and if you can make it along to the track, get along to the track. I know we'll have a crew from SEZ along there uh, as well, but to uh, take in great greyhound racing and great greyhounds, we need a good crowd to cheer them on. Aaron White are joining us looking at a big weekend in greyhound racing. Uh, tune in to SENZ every Sunday from 11am through to 12 to join our resident experts, uh, Mark and Andy, for a greyhound. Uh, GRNZ's Dog Speed, hosted by our legendary uh, Greyhound experts. Don't miss a beat with Greyhound Racing New Zealand's Dog Speed from 11am on a Sunday. Right now, I need to tell you, this is your opportunity to make an absolute idiot out of myself. Uh, 0800-150-811, it is time for Stump with Smithy. Um, join us. What We've got a $50 TAB bonus bet and sleep drops up to 11. It's time for um, Stump Smithy. Uh, that is coming up, though, but only after the news.
Ian Smith's had a good match here. Stumped by Smithy. Ian Smith really is top class at his job. And you will hear Smithy being top class at his job later tonight as part of that Crusaders Chief. Chiefs coverage for the Super Rugby Pacific semifinals. They are live on Sky Sport. But it is going to be stumped by Daniel McCarty potentially today. Uh, I think you've sized up some new wicket-keeping gloves there. Daniel, ready to go. Well, if you get stumped by me, you're dreadfully unlucky is the first thing I would say to to our very willing and brave contestants. Uh, I, I'm sure you will thrive and shine. Um, the Duan is not here. We've lowered the bar. Um, so I've asked deliberately for the questions to be rather easy so I don't embarrass myself. Good luck. To all our contestants. Yeah, and this, uh, so up for grabs today is a $50 TAB bonus bet plus some Sleep Drops Daytime Revive, New Zealand's only specialist range of sleep and stress support supplements. Joining us first at the crease, Dan, uh, crease? Crease? Oh, this is an old time favourite. You're going to enjoy this. Kerry from Manawatsu, come in, mate. You there, Kerry? No. Kerry. No. You may, you may want to talk, Kerry. Move your lips, open your mouth, let some words come out, Kerry. G'day, Kerry. It's all right. We're going to try, we'll try number two. He's coming up first. He's moving up on the batting order. Chris from Hamilton, come in. Oh, being promoted. Jeez. Up the order. Uh, up the order, Yeah, man. well, we've lost Williamson, Chris. We've lost Williamson uh, in, the, in the form of Kerry, and, and you've, you've got to carry the mantle. I, I hope you can handle it. Yeah, there may be a collapse like last week. Oh, easy. Let's see how we go. Uh, I'll explain how it goes because, uh, Daniel, I believe this has been your first time. We have three categories to choose from today. Get a question wrong, then it will be over to McCarty for a chance to knock those bales off. Get out within the first two questions. It's on to the next caller in line. Get dismissed on that final question. And we will jackpot on Monday. Now, Chris, today's topics right. are cricket, golf, and soccer football. Take your pick. Um, we'll go dark cricket. One of cricket. Classic. The day that Smithy is not here, people pick cricket. I love it. <laughs> Brave man will always take him on in cricket. All right, here we go. First question for you, Chris. As of May 2022, where are the White Ferns sitting on the ICC's T20 Women's World Rankings? Um, we won't be too high. I'll say... One of the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket field. That is incorrect. Over to you, Daniel. Oh, God. Um, Fifth was his answer, so it won't be fifth, right? I think it's above fifth. Fourth. Third. Second. Fourth. Fourth. Right in the slot, and away it goes. You said, you said fall first. That was the correct answer. Yes, they are. Yes! So, you're one for one, Yes! Mate. Then I said third, and then we're back to <laughs> six. I, 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 sh- I shouldn't be celebrating Chris as hard as I am. I, I should be sending my commiseration. Sorry, Chris. Unfortunately, this might, be the, this might be the start of the collapse. Chris has gone back to the pavilion. Kiri, got the pads back on. Come in, mate. Yeah, mate. I'm here. Oh, I love it. Here we go. He's in. He's ready. Question number two for cricket. Who has scored the highest total runs in T20 international cricket for the White Ferns? Um, Amelia Kerr. One of the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket field. Big fans of Amelia Kerr here on this show, but no, that is incorrect. Over to you, McCarty. Oh, God. 
Highest total runs. Couple of obvious contenders. Divine Sophie Wellington. One of the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket field. Probably it would, would have been the other one that was probably on the tip of your mind there. Susie Bates. It was the correct answer. 3,007 runs over 105 innings. So, Kerry, you're still alive. Final question. $50 TAB bonus bet and the sleep drops on the line. Former Australian women's pace bowling coach Ben Sawyer has been appointed the top job with the White Ferns. Name the WBBL team he spent six years at the helm with. Um, nah, I haven't got a clue. All right, I'm just going to pass this right on to you, McCarty. Which WBBL Let, team? Let's be, let's be fair, Kira. It's probably one of those teams with annoying nicknames that none of us ever remember. <laughs> um, what's the one in... I'll go the Adelaide-based one. So I don't even know the name, mate. Is that the Strikers? One of the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket field. Uh, yeah. Well, I, Richie, I, to I, compare I, me to the underarms a bit harsh, but okay, I, I'll wear it. I'll take it on the show. <laughs> Richie just loves to chime in here. Uh, the answer there is Sydney Sixers. So what that does mean, McCarty, is, Kerry, you don't get the sleep drops, but you still get that $50 TAB bonus bet. Of course, you know you know the deal. Hold the line. Brian will get you details, but we would love to know with the weekend coming up, what might you be putting that on? Um, I'll probably put it on the Pulse. The Blues, and possibly the Chiefs. Well, will it be the Chiefs, or won't it be the Chiefs? It's generally an easy decision. No, I'm going to go Chiefs, yep. Good man, Gary. Good man. And and you're welcome for my incompetence. Congratulations. Great show. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, boss. Yes. We, there has been a call via our text line on double eight double three for an investigation. I, I see. Someone I, wants I a see Jeff Tuvey like Tuvey. investigation. Yeah. A Jeff Tuvey. As of today, we are fifth in the rankings. There has to be some sort of investigation. And as luck would have it, yes, the world rankings were updated overnight. Oh. Wow. And in the, the women's T Twenty, Australia is number one. England is second. And New Zealand is third. Oh. So, Chris, I, I need an investigation into you to see if you can actually read. <laughs> we're third. We're third, not fifth. Well, yeah, I think you covered, up. All, you covered all bases. You said fourth, third, second there, McCarty. So, yeah. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I like to bend the rules. <laughs> Anyone who's known me for a long, a long period of time. If there's an inch to be taken, I'll take it. So, uh, hey, good on you guys uh, for always uh, calling in and sticking your neck out. Um, um, I do appreciate it. Is that it? Are we done? No no more humiliation for me? I think you've survived. Seriously. You've survived. Yeah. Okay, Logan, name four, name four of the, the, the Australian T20 franchise nicknames. Okay, sitting sixes, Brisbane Heat, Perth, Hurricanes... No, no, Perth, Hobart, Perth, Ho- Hobart no, Hurricanes. Perth, Perth is the city. Yeah. The Perth of the city. Sorry, I said Hobart. I mean Hobart. Scorchers, aren't they? Perth yeah, scorchers. I meant to say Hobart Hurricanes. Uh, and yeah, you said Adelaide Strikers. So I spent a little bit of time covering the BBL. Ah, oh, good old, the good, the good times, eh? The good times. Thank you very much. Uh, well done, Kerry. Uh, good luck for your 
uh, bets with that $50 uh, bonus bet with the TAB. Stump uh, with Stump Smithy every day around about this time, Monday through Friday here on SCNZ. Hopefully the Duan's back on uh, Monday and um, you can get some quality answers from the host. 17 away from 12, back after this. Polaris, New Zealand's number one selling side-by-side brand. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. 11 away from 12 o'clock, no Ian Smith, Daniel McCarty with you, only for 11 more minutes, so you'll be happy about that. Let's talk some harness racing right now. Greg O'Connor joins us. Welcome into the show, mate. What have you got on uh, trot, a Trot's Talk this Sunday, rather? That is a, that is a tongue twister. Yes, it is. Don't try and get it out too quickly, uh, Daniel. Looking forward to the weekend of harness racing. Uh, we've got Zach Butcher on on that Sunday, having a chat about uh, him coming down to Christchurch in the winter months. Alexandra Park only have a couple of Friday night meetings uh, through August and September, so he's decided to come down here and try his hand uh, in the big smoke, if you like, for, for harness racing. So looking forward to having a chat to him. Blair Orange, the country's leading rainsman, Picked up six winners over last weekend and went past 100 wins for the ninth consecutive year. So we'll have a chat to him about his drives on Sunday, one of which I think will be extremely hard to beat, a horse called Hidden Desire, who has good standing start manners, and uh, with him aboard, I think it'll take some beating. Alexandra Park race tonight, Daniel, seven race cards, so small on numbers, but a couple I think you should keep your eye out on. Race number one, horse 10, Elder Baron Keeper who was fifth last time in the derby. She's driven by Todd Mitchell. We should be in for a pretty good night. I think it's a great chance in race number one. And race two, number three, Neptune, trained by Ray Green. Kendrick, beautiful draw of three. And it should uh, take some stopping in uh, race number two. So quite a time in harness racing, although Addington Raceway over the next two months race twice a week. So look out for the form oh, there. Generally, it stacks up, and we'll be able to help you out each and every week to try and uh, to get a couple of winners and get some, some money into your phone account. Gee, that's going to be a, a busy old time. Um, it makes filling a radio show on a Sunday quite easy, though, I'd imagine. Yeah, it does. That's exactly what it does, because you, the form that uh, we're trying to get out to the, the punters between 12 and 1, the meeting's only just kicked off. I think Sunday starts about 20 past 12, so you get all the latest information and, uh, yeah, we'll certainly be uh, helping people out there. The other big thing that's happening is across the Tasman, a, a race meeting or a series of races called the Constellations at Albion Park. That's in July. We'll talk to Scott Steele about what's happening there. They've got about nine or ten Group 1s, and the Kiwi AG's White Sox has made his way over there under the Luke McCarthy banner. So looking forward to seeing what he can do. Uh, over the month of July. So, yep, plenty of information on Sunday. Tune in, Trots Talk between 12 and 1. Good, man. Have a great weekend. Do appreciate your time. Uh, join uh, Greg and Mick from 12 o'clock for coverage of all artist racing action from across New Zealand. Uh, 12 to 1 o'clock, Trots Talk. All thanks to the great New Zealanders at Harness Racing at New Zealand. Back after this break with Mr Hewitt of the Sand Variety. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91.